listening to Coffee Break with New York Wiki. I'm your host, Julie hockheiser Ilkovich, and tonight I'm at Caroline's Comedy Club, and we are here for New York Women in Communications Ladies Who Laugh event. I am lucky enough to be backstage in the green room talking to the comedians. We are chatting about some of my favorite topics, career advice, and also learning about their side hustles, you know, what women should be talking about more in the workplace, what it could be like to work in a male-dominated field, and many more topics. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy these interviews. Hi, my name is Katina Correo, and I am a comedian and a writer and an actress and a few more things, I guess. <laughs> You're a lot of things. I'm a lot of things. <laughs> well, that's a perfect transition. We talk a lot about side hustles on this podcast. Perfect. Um, and, you know, working at your job and doing different things to fulfill you, whether creatively or to do it for extra money. And, you know, I want to talk about how you have kind of approached working, almost like holistically, between earning money and pursuing your creative outlets, you know, as you move forward in your comedy career, what has that path looked like? Okay, well, it's certainly a, a potpourri of things. If you opened up my bag of jobs, you would see <laughs> a, a lot of different things. I've always tried to keep my jobs within the creative field. Um, I do a lot of audience warm-up, which is a really fun job, you know, doing stand-up, warming up the audience. Um, I also am a copywriter, and I've worked in agencies, and I've worked on brands. I've worked for the NFL. I work for Kiehl's, um, writing copy, which is a creative job, mm-hmm. which is fun, and it also works my other side of the brain. And um, I have been worked in voiceovers and in that aspect and, and done a lot of um, – creative work on that, writing commercials and performing the commercials, and of course auditioning for commercials. So, (laughs) basically my whole entire career is a side hustle. How do you manage your time even? Like, do you prioritize in terms of this is the goal and as opportunities come your way, or is it just kind of you know, other other ways you're prioritizing. Yes, I mean, I think you definitely learn as you go along. When I first started, you're kind of this net of just come to me and then I'll figure it out. And now, um, fortunately, as time goes on, you can be a little tiny bit more selective. You're still in the entertainment business and you're like, please let me book that Kleenex commercial. But um, you can be a little bit stricter about what you take and, and whatnot. For your job, you are getting on stage, speaking in front of crowds, and, you know, People working maybe more in traditional office jobs aren't necessarily getting on stage, but they're having to get up in front of rooms full of room full of people and present. And so it's not, you know, there's probably some of the same skills that overlap. Um, what advice would you have for someone who's nervous about getting up in front of a crowd? Oh, um, I love that question. <laughs> <laughs> I well, thank you. I always, for me, I love to just get up on stage and just talk as if I was talking to my best friend. And I also think public speakers need to have a huge amount of self-awareness. 
if somebody is in the front row and they're clicking a pen or it's like that's happening call it out right you know what I mean like sometimes it's like I know we want to just like hush it or if a phone is ringing we just want to hush it and just say I just wish that didn't happen but the beauty of public speaking is that anything can happen <laughs> and which is why people are nervous to public speak but if you address it and 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 call it out I feel like it just like brings the presentation to life. I love that. That's great. <laughs> You're that's in the moment. Right now. And I think it would help you like be just feel less nervous if you can kind of interact. And it of doesn't course. feel like wall between me and here and this is like a show. That's because I think exactly if you're not right. comfortable performing and you feel like you're doing a show. Oh, and when I first started doing stand up, I literally had a script. Every show is the same oh, show all the way. time. Like I'm Katina, I'm a comedian, I do this, I do this. <laughs> you know, and and then the more you do it, right. the more you're like, oh, I can go off the cuff here, I can talk about this, I can look at this person and and then it all comes together. Right. That's amazing yeah. advice that can definitely be applied. Oh. Good. to the workplace has anyone given you in any you know in, in any of the things that you've been doing throughout your career a really excellent piece of career advice uh, aside from practice subtlety when I <laughs> <laughs> audition because I have a tendency to make really big no actually I mean this is this is so lame and oh but really just it, it goes back to that like really just be yourself mm -hmm. because whoever you are is who is gonna get the job? And I always associate everything with commercials because, like, that's all I want to do is commercial work. Like, I love commercials. And a lot of times, I think that I have to be like the person on the Tylenol commercial who's very poised and subdued. And certainly, I can play that, but that's not my authentic self. My authentic self is like Tylenol. Who needs it? You know, like I'm much more over the top than that. So it's like. You know, I'm not saying I would do that at a Tylenol commercial, but maybe know what, be who you are and just own it. Right. And and if Tylenol commercials aren't right for you and the big ones are, do that. Or it just like never, never dull yourself right. because of what you think they want. Because they may not want you for that. And this has definitely happened to me before where I went in and I knew I wasn't right for it, but I just was myself and I wound up booking another job that I was right for right. but because I didn't like blow it and just say to myself this isn't right for me you know I'm never gonna get it mm -hmm. it's like everything is a fun opportunity and just look at it like that I love that and then if you're not yourself and you do get the job then when it actually starts I feel like that's a recipe right because they're gonna say oh by the way and you have to skydive at this right. job were you prepared for that <laughs> Hi, I'm Samantha Ruddy. I'm a comedian. I have performed on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and I currently do warm-up at Full Frontal with Sam B. What do you think some of the um, workplace challenges that women experience, we should be talking more about these days, of money, work-life balance, like what are the things we really should be discussing and not shying away from? Um, I think it's really important to talk about money. I know it's tacky, but be tacky. Um, because if you're not tacky, then you never find out that somebody else who does your exact job is getting paid way more. Um, so talk about that stuff. Also, like, don't be afraid to not stay till 10 p.m. Uh, you know, like, people have lives. And, like, you know, you should be a good employee, and you should definitely prioritize your job. But also, if your job is your entire life, that's not a good thing. 
that's dead on. Do you talk to your friends about money? Um, I talk to my friends about money, um, not necessarily super in detail all the time, um, but I'm not afraid to ask the questions. Yeah, I think it's great. I think we shouldn't shy away from it. I mean, that's so, so right. And, like, I just think opening up the conversation, if that's what you and your friends talk about at brunch, it will become, like, the new norm. Yeah, like, I think it's only tacky because the people who make way more don't want you to know. (laughs) (laughs) And they're the ones who decide what's tacky. So be tacky. I like it. I want a t-shirt that says be tacky. What's the best piece of career advice you've ever received? Um, don't put all your self-worth on your career, uh, because you won't be happy no matter what. If, if like all you care about is your career, like you might have a really amazing career, but like, I I think at the end of the day, like you have to have more than one thing going on. Just well-rounded, I think is the way, right? You have to have a lot of things. Like you gotta have a couple, you know, like a couple things going on, a couple buckets. I don't know what, I'm trying to think of a phrase, but I'm doing a bad job. Uh, but, but I think you're right. Yeah, and if the bottom falls out on one of them, you're not like, oh no. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because if your career is your entire life and something bad happens to your career, like, well, shit, your life's ruined. Right. I love that. Thank you so much. Sorry for show. swearing. No, you can swear. You can swear. We're good. <laughs> I'm Mason Zayed. I'm a comedian, writer, producer, disability advocate, and tap dancer. I want to see some of those tap dancing. November 4th, I'll be at Town Hall on Broadway, and I will be tap dancing. Really? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I gotta go. Oh my god, that's amazing. It's amazing. Well, you talked about all your different skills, all the skills. So, let's talk about how you apply some of those to uh, your career and your side hustles. So, we talk about side hustles on this podcast, and I'd love you to talk about how you kind of have worked to pursue both money-making ventures and also, you know, your your um, creative ventures as well. So, um, I one of my big side hustles is that I'm a professor at Arizona State University. I also teach at NYU Abu Dhabi. And what I always tell any of my students who are in performance, whether it's comedy, theater, film, or dance, you gotta have a side hustle. Yeah. You gotta do something that makes money. If you can figure out how to make money in what you're trying to do so that you're learning while you do it, that's even better. So like, first when I first started doing stand-up comedy, me and Dean produced the New York American Comedy Festival. We were like, nobody's putting us on stage while we produce our own festival. Put yourself Not on knowing stage. that it was like such a huge endeavor. So like, I became a producer from the very beginning. Then when I realized that, like, I'm a multiple minority, you know, woman of color, disabled, Muslim, I'm fluffy, and they don't put people who look like me on TV, so a lot of people were like, you know what, nobody knows what to do with you, so then I ended up having to create my own content, writing films, I wrote two TV shows, I sold the TV show to ABC, I sold the TV show to TNT, both got passed on, both failed. Um, there's never been a visibly disabled woman to ever lead an American TV show. So while I try to break that glass ceiling, I'm producing, I'm writing, I wrote for the Daily Beast, I, you know, and then I do stand-up comedy all of me. Yeah, but I love about the story is like everything you do, it does drive your career forward. I'm writing a book right now. Yay, congratulations. It's, it's terrible. It's like writing, it's like doing homework and I, uh, I never sleep. I only sleep three hours a night, but oh any time I have to read the book, I'm just like out like a light. <laughs> so buy her book. It's like Ambien. I think it's going to be called Who Shot My Cat. Really? Yeah, because my cat, cat? Yeah. Do you know who shot her? My neighbor. Oh, my 
Did I spoil the book? <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you still need to buy a copy. What advice do you have about public speaking, putting yourself in the spotlight, especially... Don't speak for free. Don't speak Don't for free. Don't speak for free. Do not speak for free. Every organization is going to try and convince you that they're going to give you exposure and that they're going to be worth the fact that you're not getting paid. Public speaking is a job. The time that you put into write is labor. The delivery is labor. The performance is labor. And you should get paid for that labor. The idea that exposure replaces cash is just a way of making people work for free. And I think that we always have to insist on being paid. If nothing else, accommodations travel on an honorarium. Because if you're putting money out of your pocket to go speak for people and they're taking money from a ticketed audience, it's different if it's like a free event or a charity event and you're donating your time. But I have been invited to conferences like Netroots Nation where they're charging people 140 bucks and asking me as a speaker to pay my own way. And I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about, Willis, but I'm not going to do that. So do not work for free. Number two, talk about what you know. Don't feel like you have to talk about every single current event, every single subject, that you have to know everything about everything. Talk about what you know. Tell the story that you haven't heard been told. And think about it when you go to speak. Go online. Google your topic. Mm -hmm. See what messages are already out there. It doesn't matter that you don't know that someone came before you. It disrespects their work when you're repeating it without knowing who came before you. So it's important to know what exists, what still needs to be done, and what is the message that only you can give that no one else can. I love that. And and if you're a person who's, like, nervous about public speaking, because this is what you're doing all the time, do you have any tips? I have no idea. I've never (laughs) been nervous in my life. I've literally never been nervous in my life. I was about to go on stage for the TED Talk, and people were, like, scratching the walls like it was Orange is the New Black. And I was like, man, whatever. I mean, like, look, I'm sitting across from you right now about to walk out on one of the greatest comedy stages in the world. Do I look flummoxed? You look cash. Yeah, You look cash. I am Allison Leiby. I am a comedian and a writer uh, currently at The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And before that, a bunch of shows that have been canceled. That's life. That's life. That's what it is. That's content life. That's what it is. (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) Shows come and go. What are some things that you think women should be discussing more openly? So, you know, like money or work-life balance. Like, what should we be talking about that we're not show cancellations? You know, whatever you you think. Um, I think, like, talking about work-life balance as women is really important. I I love that... we're in a phase right now, and especially if you do something creative and or something that starts as a side thing or a passion project and you want it to become your career, there's a lot of pressure, like, to be, like, a lady boss and, like, a girl, but, but like, that you, like, hustle nonstop, you work all the time, right. you never take a break, and, like, I think we need to discuss, like, how much time we can really even emotionally give mm-hmm. to what we do, and, right. like, for years and years and years, I had office day jobs that had nothing to do with comedy um, that made me truly upset in in a lot of ways Um, and then we do comedy at night and I was like hustle 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 and I was like I need to take a night off and I would like literally lie to people and be like yeah no I do comedy every night this week and then like one night I was just like on my couch like I need a minute and we have to acknowledge we can't do everything all day all the time and that it's okay to take a break it's okay to enjoy your life and I feel like if you do admit you take time off or you or you just like 
or hanging out or that you need like a minute uh, to go shopping and enjoy yourself because women shop but like I like shopping so that's why I <laughs> it's a legitimate that. thing but, to enjoy but like we, we you know it, to take away a little bit of the shame of taking a minute off every once in a while right. for yourself I love it especially if hearing that from someone who literally probably works all has to work all the time and and speaking I mean that's a perfect transition to talk about <laughs> the hustle yeah so side hustle so like as you said, you had to have hustle. You did the hustle. You did, did the, the day hustle. job. You did the evening job. Now, I'm sure yeah. even when you're working, you're also doing comedy all the time. What are ways you kind of learn to, like, manage it, especially, like, the balance between, speaking of balance, money-making and creative endeavors? Yeah. Well, when I was young, I was younger when I had a, a day job and then was doing comedy all around it. So I had, like, a little bit more energy, <laughs> which now I just feel like I don't have at all. Um, <laughs> We're really tired But it was really... But it, to me, it was really important to have that day job where regular money was coming in all the time because it gave me the freedom to make my comedy pursuits what I wanted them to be right. instead of being like, I have to go be a clown at a birthday party. I guess that's comedy. Right. Instead of being like, okay, well, I went from work from nine to five today and I have health insurance and I'm taken care of and that stress is off of my plate so right. that when I do have a night of doing shows or a night where I'm going to just focus on writing, I'm not oh my God, how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to do this? And it is a lot to take on. If you love what you're doing, you'll you'll make it work. And and, and money is freedom, unfortunately. Right. And, right. And, and it is... Uh, and health insurance And is health freedom. insurance is freedom. And not having to worry about those things makes it easier that when you are spending, you know, so then it's not... I tried to write jokes for eight hours today and I didn't get paid. Right. And now I have to go to this show and I have to get... You know, it, it just... It lets you actually focus on the passion instead of how am I going to make this passionate career right away? Because, like, unfortunately, that's not how it works. Right. Like, it, nothing, right. you know, doctors have to go to med school. <laughs> you know, creative people do have to work for free for a while, unfortunately. And it's, you know, it sucks, but it's how you have to get good enough to earn money. Right. Um, you know, and it's a lot to be like, should we get paid for the first thing we ever do? Like, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, yes, probably, um, if there was real right. money around. Uh, but that's the reality, and I think it's important to, when you can, like, take the financial pressure off your passion. Yeah, and I think it depends on your personality, right? Like, some people are a little more comfortable, like, yeah. not really knowing where it comes from. Yeah. But if you need that security, you'll be miserable. Right, yeah. Some, pe- some people uh, are able to, like, separate that, and I'm not somebody who yeah, has I been. Yeah, I mean, I think really most, hard. I think most people can't. Um, because it is consuming to right. be like, how am I going to pay for something? What happens if there's a crisis? Right. Like, you know, yeah. and, and to take that off the table and focus on writing is really, you know, makes it easier to get better at it. Yeah. No, I love it. And I love thinking about, like, the side hustle kind of as training. Like, that, yes. putting that into perspective, yeah. like, if you're doing it for free. And it makes still... you, like, be like, is this what I want? Right. Because <laughs> I now have to spend all my free time focusing on it. Uh, and, it, and it does, like, you know, I love comedy. I'm like, I'm glad I, I was like, yeah, I actually do want right. this way more than I want this other thing. So I'm going to focus and do that. Hi, I'm Ethere Yacoub, and I'm a comedian. What are some of the things you think women should be discussing more in the workplace? What are topics that we're not discussing that we should be talking about? I definitely think that women should discuss money more because that's something that we're definitely afraid of asking for. Um, And I have recently started doing this (laughs) at work. I found out because I have a day job too. And I started, um, found out from my coworker who's newer and has 
uh, less experience in the same position, like how much she makes, it's like a lot more than me. No. And I make more than my other coworkers who's been there for nine years. And I'm like, this is not okay. Like, this is not okay. And if a guy knew this, like if a guy went through the same experience, they would like barge into the boss's of office because right. it would be an ego thing. And we're not about ego. We're more about how can we keep the peace? Oh no, I don't want to add. And she was like so embarrassed. So I'm like, no, we should talk about this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like that, this is really messed up that we have. Um, and if there was a guy that probably had our same position, I'm in a very like female dominated field in my day job and very male dominated. Right. I, I work as a nutritionist during the day. Oh wow. So it's all women <laughs> who work with me. Right. Um, so it's kind of interesting, but I think it's really important that we share also um, tips on like how to like, how do you ask someone for a raise? How do you um, navigate kind of like the workplace, especially when you're like a little bit newer? And I think like no one really tells us this stuff, whereas guys just kind of like take risks. And I think we should share things that have like helped us out or at least like stand together and um, see if we can at least advocate for one another. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I feel like I hope our generation, so many of us feel this way, yeah. that that's kind of like an old way of thinking. It is, start, but it's still hard. It's hard. I know. I We've think we're transitioning. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I didn't prep you with this question, but I know that you have this day job now. Yes. You have this evening job of comedy. You said you had a podcast. Right. How do you balance your time? Um, I think I'm really like type A organized person, <laughs> so that helps. <laughs> that helps. Just I being have to. Yeah. Helps. So it does. It does. It, that just kind of came from birth. I mean, it has its downsides for sure. <laughs> but I just try to. I'm just very organized. Put things on calendars, Google Docs. Have like a zillion spreadsheets <laughs> for jokes for the podcast. For, or and I I like doing multiple things right. at once. I think multitasking is. I don't know, it's just how my my brain wires me to, like, be more productive. I think a lot of women right, <laughs> in general, yeah. like, we're, you know, just better at multitasking. And I like being busy with multiple different projects because I also think it frees up my brain for other creative things rather than burn out on, the, like, the same exact thing over and over and over. So it's nice to be able to switch between, like, oh, tonight I'm just going to write or maybe tonight I'm just going to do a bunch of, like, shows or whatever it is. So it's nice to be able to or go to do the podcast and that's such a relief and using a different part of your brain. Yeah, keeps life exciting, it right? Yeah. Switch it up just exactly. a little bit. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> and so in the evenings, you're working comedy, which is traditionally a male-dominated field. What advice do you have from what you've learned for women who are working, you know, the women listening to this podcast, they may not be comedians, but they may be working in other office places that mm-hmm. are male-dominated. What are some things you've learned or some things that you want other women to know in terms of advice for working in that space? Don't. Don't take advice from <laughs> open mic comedians who just want to tell you <laughs> what you're doing wrong with your set when they've been doing comedy for three seconds and, <laughs> and they just want to come up to you and give unsolicited advice and mansplain comedy. Uh, don't be intimidated by other dudes in the field because when I first started and started doing open mics, I was like, oh my God, what, like, oh, is dick jokes the only thing that people talk about? Is that is that what comedy is? Oh my God. Like, and don't let other people define who you are, especially right. guys who tell you that women aren't funny and all that bullshit because I'm sure like a lot of people internalize that and just do you like do what you want talk about what you want even if it's something that the guys in the room might not understand like who cares you might be speaking to someone in the audience who really connects with you so I think just not getting um you know disillusioned by comedy too and and I know it's it's hard when you're first entering and then you're not even sure like what 
what you're doing. You're just kind of learning trial by fire, you know? So for me, like, I... I think it's important to go in confident, and even if you're not confident, fake it till you make it. Yeah. It's hard sometimes just feeling like you have to put on some sort of like brave face right. and be like, oh, or like you have to be like macho to fit in with the dudes. I don't care about fitting in with them. I just want to be funny. You've been listening to Coffee Break with New York Wiki. I'm your host, Julie Hockheiser Ilkovich. Thank you to the amazing team that works on this podcast. Chelsea Orcutt, Chrisanne Grise, Kylie Harris, Elizabeth Roberts, Mandy Carr, Andrea Goldstein, and Alex Fetter, who wrote our original theme music. For more information about Coffee Break with New York Wiki, go to nywici.org slash podcast. That's newyorkwiki.org slash podcast. Thanks for listening.